Hello and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a, a bit of a more somber episode of Unscripted, the Cardiac Hill podcast. Uh, I'm recording this on uh, Monday evening, and uh, this is now uh, two days or two and a half days following the horrific tragedy, the uh, the the shooting at Tree of Life Synagogue in Squirrel Hill by a uh, an anti-Semite, a white supremacist, uh, who murdered 11 people just for being Jewish. And it has shaken Squirrel Hill and Pittsburgh and the entire Pittsburgh-adjacent uh, community. It has shaken the Jewish community, and I think it's really shaken uh, anyone who's a decent, sane person. Uh, it's something that, uh, I, you know, for most fans listening, obviously there is some connection to Pitt or Pittsburgh. Either you went there, or you're from the area, or, you know, there, there's some connection. And so I think for everyone listening, this has been something that has really affected all of us. And, you know, I, a lot of people, if you're a Pitt student or were a Pitt student as I was, you lived about a mile away from this or closer. Uh, if you lived off campus, uh, in, in Squirrel Hill or Shadyside, uh, you, the, you know, the, the vigil that took place on Sunday was on Pitt's campus at Soldiers and Sailors. Uh, this is, you know, Squirrel Hill, the neighborhood over from Oakland. It's, it's, in, in so many ways, it's a part of Oakland. Uh, it, it's sort of the, uh, the, the, the less grimy, uh, sibling, uh, to Oakland when it comes to neighborhoods. It's where there's, uh, you, you know, there's, there's that, that livelihood and that spirit that Oakland has, but then it adds with, with, you know, more families and even more diversity and, uh, even more, kindness and uh you know it, it's as many people have mentioned it's mr rogers neighborhood and uh and you know this being right next to pitt's campus and again anyone listening likely has some connection to pitt uh you know the the fact that this happened in a place that that most of you listening and, and i know i you know you've been by there You've been in that neighborhood plenty. You have, a, you know, you, you've you spent time in that neighborhood. I've spent time in the neighborhood. The the people are so great and welcoming and nice. And the fact that it happened to the city of Pittsburgh and even more specifically to this incredible neighborhood of Squirrel Hill is heartbreaking. And I, you know, I know for me personally, this is sort of a, a perfect storm. It's like a double whammy. Not just because I'm uh, a member of the the greater Pittsburgh community, having spent four years there, and you know coming back all the time, and you know I consider it my second home and a place where I always feel like I'm home. Uh, on top of that, I'm Jewish, and uh, being Jewish, having this happen, I, you know, if either one of those things happen, if someone uh, murders people at a synagogue or someone murders anyone in Pittsburgh, I'm going to feel it in a, in a, you know, special heartbreaking sort of a way. And the fact that 
this is both. Again, it's like a double whammy. And I know it's been incredibly tough for a lot of you. Um, and it's certainly been incredibly tough for me. Uh, I, I don't know how... I'm still reckoning with the internalization that this happened. That people want me dead simply because I'm Jewish. Uh, and, and not just knowing that on a historical level uh, in terms of the Holocaust and, and before the, well before that, not just in an intellectual level, which we saw in, in Charlottesville, um, but the fact that now in practice you're seeing someone who believes that, that Jewish people should be dead, should be killed, and that they're actually willing to do it. And, you know, I'm 25 years old. This is the first time that that's hit me. So it's been a weird time for me internalizing that. And again, because this hit my my sort of second home of Pittsburgh, it's it affects me even greater. And I know people who have spent even a day in Pittsburgh can recognize something special about the city. And I know people who live in Pittsburgh or outside of Pittsburgh or, or even in or near Squirrel Hill. And anyone, again, who's who's even spent a little bit of time in Pittsburgh, uh, whether you live in Squirrel Hill, whether you, you don't even live in Pittsburgh anymore, whether you, everyone understands how close of a community it is and again especially squirrel hill how close of a community that is um on the religious end how close of a community the jewish community is i am very fortunate that i did not know anyone who was killed uh i do know people who know people uh and it is uh you know the jewish community is is very small it makes up a, a tiny portion of the world and of the u.s and you know there there are a lot of similarities the jewish community and the pittsburgh community there's, there's a lot of overlap in that there's this this caring for other people um whether it's it's because you're you're in the same city or the same faith or even if you're not people who aren't of the same city or same faith they're they're just they tend to just be kind people and caring about others. And again, because this happened, you know, in this this double whammy, it it's uh, really affected me clearly because this this is a group on both religion and on location uh, where people are kind and friendly and and caring and. You just can't imagine a worse group of people that this could happen to. So it's been a tough couple of days, and you know this happened Saturday morning, and then Pitt football had to play a game Saturday afternoon. Uh, fortunately, it was at three thirty, so it wasn't in the direct, uh, you know, immediate aftermath. The news started to break around ten thirty, roughly. Uh, so, you know, there was at least a little bit of time as, as opposed to us still trying to figure out details, you know, the, the, the dust at least had started to settle, but 
I know no one was really in the mood to watch a football game or go to a football game. Uh, sports has uh, a, a pretty powerful history of, yeah, there are a lot of things that um, that that have social impacts, and then sometimes it's just a good distraction. And with everything that happened on Saturday morning at Tree of Life Synagogue, with this this anti-Semitic uh, terrorism and, and hate crime, uh, and and seeing everything that happened, it was it was tougher than I could have ever imagined to watch a pit game. I didn't really feel joy from it. There were a couple brief glimpses, but it's it's probably the less excited, least excited I've ever been to watch a football game or to watch any sporting event. Uh, but certainly, pit football something that I love and and look forward to as an alumnus and and uh, and as a fan and as a commentator and all these things. It was the the least excited I've ever been because I just couldn't focus on the game and I couldn't help feeling that it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things and. And yeah, that that's all you know. That that is true. This this doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. But for even a a second on Saturday, watching pit football, there were a couple moments where it put a smile on my face. And in one of the lowest days that I could imagine for for again anyone in the Pittsburgh community or Jewish community or both or just anyone in this incredibly low day it was nice to have something to smile about even for a moment so uh we're, we're going to be talking about pit football and uh and and what happened on the field and, and where the team goes from here but obviously this is still on my mind on everyone's mind uh who's even a a little bit related to this, tied to to what happened, and it's not going to go away for a while. And uh, whatever you do, wh- whatever you think is best to do, or whoever you think is to blame for the culture where where and society where where this can happen, um, whatever that means to you, uh. I just think that it's an important time to live your life in a way that honors the 11 people who died and honor them by making sure that something like this could never happen again. The the thing the 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 sort of tagline the thing that everyone's told about the Holocaust is never again. It's not never forget. It's not. It's never again. The, the most important thing in the most tragic, uh, you know, massacre that has ever happened in history. It's it's not even that. It's that it never happens again, and that's that is the lesson that that we are supposed to take. Uh, and I think it, it's an appropriate lesson where, yes, these people have died, and yes. Uh, you know that this has happened, this tragic event, but it's something that you we. If there's a a silver lining on on this dark cloud, 
It's that we can ensure that this can never happen again. And again, whatever that means to you, where this was able to happen with anti-Semitism, with with uh, a maniac being allowed, being able to to uh, get easy access to uh, to a weapon, a high-powered weapon and ammunition, uh, to to rhetoric that uh, led him to uh, to become anti-Semitic, to hate Jews and and immigrants and things like that. Whatever it means to you, so that something like this can never happen again, I implore you to live your life, now that this is all with us, live your life to honor those 11 people so that we can live up to never again. So with that being said, uh, I am Corey Cohen, and welcome to Unscripted, the the Cardiac Hill podcast. This week, on the field, Pitt had a... Big victory. They won in a uh, an incredibly tight game. The final score was fifty four to forty five. It was a palindrome, but this came down to the final play, the final seconds, where Pitt won in a very weird shootout. In a lot of shootouts, including in past shootouts, even with Duke. Pitt's offense has looked really good, and the defense has been lacking. That was sort of the case with Paul Christ and things like that. I remember as a student, I was in the band uh, in, I believe it was 2013, when it was the Tom Savage uh, offense and Tyler Boyd. and Jim. That was a, a real shootout. Pitt won that game on a on an interception from Ray Vinopal. But that was a real shootout where you had this high-powered offense going at, at the Blue Devils. This really wasn't that. It's kind of amazing that Pitt managed to score 54 points because this is an offense, again, that that could barely score against Notre Dame uh, uh, two weeks ago in their last game and an offense that has struggled for a lot of this season, and yet they came out here and they scored 54 points. So it's sort of bizarre there, and we're going to break that down. And then a defense that looked outstanding against Notre Dame in the last game, and they looked awful for much of this game. And so sort of talking about that game and and the dramatic win, first uh, we're going to talk about, try to figure out what's good and what isn't good uh, on this team. And then we're going to talk about the ramifications of this win. So in terms of what's good, what isn't good, again, it's so tough to figure out because the offense has been a weak spot this year. And they came out and they scored all these points, and yet this is still. I don't think anyone is coming away from that game thinking, "Yeah, this offense is excellent. And this can go beat beat anyone," because it wasn't even this huge offensive performance from Pitt. Again, even though they scored fifty four yards, outside of a, of a few big plays from Valik Carter, who is uh, a true freshman who was. Uh, Came out of nowhere. He hadn't played before this game and came out of nowhere and had a couple touchdowns on uh, jet sweeps. Outside of that, uh, you know, there was a good running game. The the passing game had a couple uh, decent moments. But for the most part, this was a still a frustrating offense that just happened to, to get 54 points. The passing game still does not look all that good. And the running game was working here. So I, I still think there's a big glaring weak spot in the passing game 
this is not a true two-dimensional offense. This is a running offense. And for Pitt to have a really... Then on the other end of the football, you've got the defense, which played lights out against Notre Dame. It did a good job stopping uh, Georgia Tech earlier in the season. It was pretty good against Syracuse. But man, against Duke, they they looked awfully. They could not stop anything. And it's happened in some cases, you know, against Syracuse. It certainly happened against UCF. It happened against North Carolina. And so weird thing where, you know, on this podcast where I say with Pat Narduzzi's job security, you sort of have to hang your hat on the defense. If you're him and this is your fourth year with the program and you're a defensive guy, there can be reasonable excuses for the offense not being there yet. You've got Kenny Pickett in his first full year. Other pro, you know, there's been a lot of changes in offensive coordinator, and many people don't think Sean Watson is a good offensive coordinator. But the defense in the fourth year should be there. And in this game, it was not. And so partway through it, when everyone thought Pitt was going to lose and Pitt did not look good, people were saying Narduzzi's not the guy. He's got to be fired because this defense is pathetic and Pitt's going to lose again. As it turned out, that didn't happen. And so this defense, yes, they were bad, but they stepped up at the end of the game when it really mattered. They got to stop. Second to last drive, they forced Duke to for a field goal, not a touchdown. So that kept the game close. And the last offensive drive for the Blue Devils, Pitt defense really stepped up and they forced a punt. And it allowed Kenny Pickett to drive down the field and score what ended up being a game-winning touchdown. So it was certainly a situation where uh, this defense struggled so much for, for most of this game. But at the end, they they stepped up and they came through. And while, yes, there's the frustration, and I, I tweeted this during the game, why can't the offense and the defense ever both be good in the same game? You know, Notre Dame, great defense, awful offense. This game, it was a at least a very good offense, awful defense for most of it. Why can Pitt never seem to play a game except for when they're playing against the number two team? So Clemson, Miami, or, maybe, or Penn State a couple years ago. Why is it they can never be both the offense and the defense playing to their fullest potential because if they did this pit team could really be a force to be reckoned with the defense played like they did against notre dame and the offense played like they did a mixture between the first half of georgia tech the duke game yesterday some of syracuse you you mix all that up and you've got a really impressive and dynamic team it's just they haven't been able to put those two things together and that's the next challenge. That being said, for Pat Narduzzi, when during the game people were, and, and throughout the season, people have said, well, he's not the guy, he's he's going to have to be fired either this year or next year. I'm not saying for sure he 100% is the guy because of yesterday, but Pitt, as long as I've been a fan, would always lose that type of game. The type of game that's going to come right down to the wire And at the end, Pitt was going to find a a way to lose. And instead, they found a way to win. And you have to give them credit for that. That even with the frustration of of the offense and the offensive coordinator and the hires and the defense yesterday and whether or not it's progressed enough, you have to give them credit for the fact that in not just football, but in basketball with a lot of things, Pitt always seems to find a way to blow it, to miss an opportunity. And under Pat Narduzzi, there have been a handful of games that have been that have come right down to it when 
a loss would have been crushing. A win would would you, you know you desperately need a win. And in um, in most of those games that aren't North Carolina or maybe Virginia Tech, Pat Narduzzi has won. He won this year in overtime against Syracuse. He won yesterday, uh, two days ago against Duke. He's found ways to win games that in the past Pitt would find a way to lose, and you have to give him credit for that. I mentioned in uh, two weeks ago that. This upcoming that the upcoming Duke game was the most important game, not just for this season, but for Pat Narduzzi's tenure and for the Narduzzi era. And by winning that game, now it was not pretty, but by winning that game, that could very well be a turning point in the season and a turning point in his coaching career. Because and not so much that winning is going to catapult you, but losing would have sunken you. If Pitt lost that game, then this season looks like you're not going to a bowl game. Looks like there's a chance you could lose out because if you don't beat Duke, you're probably not going to beat Virginia. Virginia Tech, Wake Forest, Miami have all looked decent or pretty good. There's a, there's a chance you could lose out. There's you know there's a chance you're fired at the end of the year, and things are really in a bad place. But by not losing that game, by finding a way to win, you can go to a bowl game. You can win the ACC Coastal and go to the ACC Championship game. You can see an optimistic future heading into next season for the Panthers with this same head coach. That is why I believe this game was so important and why Pat Narduzzi passed the test. Now, talking about the next two weeks, you've got this Friday, Virginia. It's a Friday night game at Virginia, who's now ranked. The Cavaliers are ranked for the first time in years. And the winner of that takes first place. And then the week after that, it's Pitt versus Virginia Tech. And the winner of that takes first place. So you've got two weeks in a row coming up that I know I just said this previous week was the most important thing. But man, these two weeks are incredibly important because I, I still insist last week was more important, that the Duke game was more important in terms of this could sink the entire coaching staff. This could be it for Pat Narduzzi because if Pitt loses and or Virginia Tech, I, I don't think that's going to put Pat Narduzzi out of a job or anything like that. Pitt has a chance now to do something great, to win an ACC Coastal Division and to make it to an ACC Championship game, which they have yet to do. They have a chance to do that. If they don't do it, it's not a colossal failure. It's a disappointment because the ACC Coastal is wide open, but it's not a colossal failure. If Pitt had lost to Duke and finished the season with four wins, then, yeah, it's then you're talking about a colossal failure. And... That very well could have been the case. They had three wins until the Duke game this weekend. So if they lost that game, everything could have turned to crap. They won it, and now that makes these next two games absolutely huge. If I'm not saying if you want to be successful, if you want to keep your job, you have to win these two. But if you really want to take Pitt to that next level and win an ACC Coastal, even though whoever wins the Coastal is just going to get destroyed in the championship game by Clemson. But that's not the point. If you want to bring this program to the next level, this is the year to do it. Not because the team is so great, but because none of the other teams in the Coastal are great. Right now, it seems like the best team is Virginia. They're at the top of the standings. You've got them this weekend, but they're not incredible. And they're certainly beatable. And if you can beat them and you can beat Virginia Tech, you've controlled your destiny. And and all you have to do is just hold on and you, you can win the Coastal. But then it, it all comes down to these two weeks. You're playing Virginia for first place this Friday, Virginia Tech for first place next weekend. 
two huge games coming up, and we're going to find a whole lot about the Pitt Panthers. This isn't necessarily going to sink them, but it could catapult them into a next-level program. Even though the Coastal is bad this year, by winning, by making it to a conference championship game, that elevates a program, and that could mean a lot uh, for this team. So, uh, that'll just about do it for this episode of Unscripted. First, though, Panther of the Week. There is no doubt in my mind that it goes to everyone who has been involved with uh, the Tree of Life synagogue shooting, the, the, the Squirrel Hill shooting. Everyone who has rallied around the community, who has stood by Pittsburghers or Jews or Jewish Pittsburghers, Squirrel Hill residents, anyone who has shown empathy and concern, anyone, whether you attended the vigil, either vigil in person, or you watched the video, or you were just attending in in spirit, where people have rallied around this Squirrel Hill and, and Pittsburgh synagogue and Jewish community in their time of crisis and their time of need, people showing empathy, saying, what can I do? What can we do? What, and whether that's raising money or just reaching out and saying, Hey, how you doing? How you holding up? Uh, as someone who, who is deeply affected by this, I can tell you that it means so much and I can only imagine how much it means to people who were really drastically affected by this, who knew someone who got shot and, and died. And so uh, I have to to just say a million thank yous to anyone who, who changed their Twitter or Facebook profile picture to the, the Stronger Than Hate uh, or, or Fight Anti-Semitism or anything that brings awareness to what happened so that it can never happen again and that that people don't forget what happened because the solidarity that's been there with the 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 pit football team with coaches and players everyone after the game like the first thing they said in in their press conferences was how awful they feel about the tragedy pit alumni all over have said that I saw, you know, Tyler Boyd and Larry Fitzgerald and Dan Marino and all these people reaching out, uh, saying that that they also feel pain and they feel horrible about what's happened uh, in Squirrel Hill, and j- just anyone who has been empathetic uh, to people who are going through the worst right now, and people who are going through uh, just just any any pain whatsoever. Um, it's meant a ton, and so to every I I uh, am I got information that Pit Football is going to be honoring with a decal of some sort is going to be honoring uh, the victims of the the synagogue shooting, and I think that's phenomenal, and I'm very glad they did it, and you know just to anyone uh, who has reached out and and sort of rallied around this community and stood in solidarity with this community uh i thank you so to to everyone who has uh been involved even the slightest bit uh you you are panther of the week this week so thank you for that uh that is our episode 
Um, thank you for, for listening. Again, I know some of this was not sports-related because of everything that happened, but Pitt and and the Tree of Life Synagogue shooting, it, it's completely intertwined. So thank you for listening, and uh, hopefully each day is a little bit better than the last following this tragedy. And we all do anything we can to help those who are affected. Uh, I'll be back next week, uh, hopefully a more upbeat, positive uh, episode. And uh, after the uh, the Virginia game, we'll, we'll likely do a weekend episode because that's a Friday night game. And yeah, we'll, we'll keep coming back again. Thank you for listening, and thank you, everyone, for doing what you've done following this tragedy. I'm Corey Cohen, signing off from Unscripted, the Cardiac Hill podcast. Thank you.